0: Hello and welcome to episode four of the Positive Sports Report, covering middle school athletics for the San Juan Unified School District. I'm your host, Dana Smith. I am a teacher and coach at Carnegie Middle School, the middle school athletics director for San Juan Unified, and a certified trainer for Positive Coaching Alliance. In this month's episode, I'm going to talk about mistake rituals and the benefits that they can have on our athletes' mental game. We also have an interview with Will Rogers' middle school teacher and coach, Cecily Basquez. Let's roll. In our work with Positive Coaching Alliance, coaches work to develop mistake rituals with their athletes. Mistake rituals are a way to move athletes past mistakes and back into the present moment. A mistake ritual is a reset to prepare for the next player decision and helps alleviate the fear of making mistakes as they move forward. It needs to be a physical act to connect with the brain. So something such as flush it, or snap back, or brush it off. Cal State Fullerton used a mistake ritual to turn around a 15-16 and season and help them win the 2004 NCAA baseball title. Yvonne Lingoria and other hitters on the Tampa Bay Rays relied on the flush to help them improve their batting. And the 2000 USA softball team not only flushed their bad games, They all got in the shower with their uniforms on to wash away the mistakes after their third loss in a row. With their backs to the wall, they won the next five games to win the gold medal in Sydney. One of my favorite examples of a mistake ritual is that of Aaron Judge. So let me give you a quote from an ESPN article about Aaron Judge and his mistake ritual. Here's what he had to say. For me, it's just a way of slowing things down, taking an extra two or three seconds to grab some dirt. For me, all my negative thoughts that I have about, how did you miss that pitch? Why did you miss that pitch? You shouldn't have missed that pitch. I just kind of sit there and kind of crush it up. And once I'm done doing that, I just kind of toss it aside. For me, that's basically tossing all those thoughts out. Like, hey, that's done with. That's over with now. Start fresh and get back in the box and get back to your positive thoughts and get back to your approach. The mental game is what separates the good players from the great players. So anything I can do to get that mental edge to help me stay my best, I'm going to try and do it. So as you can see, Judge has that physical aspect of his mistake ritual. He grabs some dirt, he crushes it up, and he throws it away. So he's getting rid of that past mistake, getting back into the present moment, and back to his approach of the plate. So as you can see, mistake rituals are a great way to improve our athlete's mental game and for them to move forward and not fear mistakes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this month, we are very lucky to have a PE teacher, volleyball coach, and track and field coach from Will Rogers Middle School, Cecily Basquez. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. So we're going to start you out like you start out your PE class every day with a warm up. So
1: it's
0: the one that's going to be the surprise for you. Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah. If you could instantly become one, what would you want to be an expert in?
1: Ooh. I would have to say language. Um, I would love to be able to communicate clearly and easily with all my students. And I don't mean this isn't just into students, but like traveling. Um I feel like that's the first thing that came to mind that would give me a lot of tools to be <laughs> successful and interesting. I would
0: make, Right. Yeah, and if you're an that. expert in language, then you can become an expert in a lot of other things because you'll understand um, it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Especially ASL.
0: That's true. That is very
1: true. All right. Why don't
0: you tell us a little bit about your own sports background?
1: Yeah. um, Wow. I mean, it goes back a long time. I grew up dancing, playing volleyball, basketball, softball, t-ball, soccer, you name it. But in high school, I was a three-sport athlete. So I played uh, basketball, volleyball, softball, where I was on varsity as a freshman playing softball, um, which was pretty cool. And then my sophomore year, I was an all-round varsity athlete. Um, uh, so, just you know, kind of at a high level, high level at a young age. But after high school, played um, volleyball at Sacramento City College for two years, and then through off-season training, I actually got into um, competitive Olympic weightlifting, and I competed um, as an Olympic weightlifter for probably eight years. And I would say my biggest um, accomplishment in that would have been um, competing at University Worlds in Mexico as a 63 kilo weightlifter. And I hold some records as a university athlete um, nationally. I think my best lift, the record that I hold, is 116 kilos in a clean and jerk. So, wow! Some fun fun times back then training. That, that is very impressive. Yeah.
0: Two things I think really interesting there that I want to kind of dip back into with you. This is the part we talked about earlier where we go off subject a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've always found it really interesting because I've had athletes like this too that like go right out of middle school and start like into a varsity level and and how people at that age handle that because that's not easy. You know, when you're, there's a big difference between a 14-year-old freshman and a 17, 18-year-old senior yeah. and, and what they know and their attitudes and the way they handle things. How did you how did you handle that situation or did you feel like you were kind of had competed at a level where you were ready to handle that?
1: You know, my athletic ability was there, but I feel like my coaching and my teammates really helped make it more of a positive experience. Um, I was coachable and I worked really hard. I had a pretty good attitude. I didn't step in and, you know, demand that I take over leadership right away. I learned a lot from the girls that were older than me. My ability led me to be on those older teams, but I still, you know, kind of took a follow role and learned a lot from all the older athletes, but I couldn't have done it if they weren't like supportive of me being on the team. Um, My freshman year playing softball, there were a couple instances where the older girls were kind of not bullies, but, you know, they just weren't very nice. And someone stood up for me and was like, dude, knock it off. We're all on the same team. We all have the same goal of winning. We're a good team. Just knock it off. And ever since then, that moment, it was fine on that team. But also good coaching and just, you know, building that culture of look, we're all here to do the same thing. We have a common goal. Doesn't matter who's on the team. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know that that makes me think of video clips that we see in some of the PCA training you talk about the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, and I, it was never rookies carry all the equipment and it's like everybody did that work and the senior players really were responsible for making sure things were put away and and treating players with respect everybody has a role to play and you have to have people ready to play that role the second thing I want to ask because I find this interesting too but I I think athletes are athletes and and they find things as they move through life how did you end up making a transition to something kind of different from what you were doing before
1: Yeah. You know, I had such a positive experience in high school and my college experience playing a team sport was just like a, a lot more challenging. Um, so for me, I think when I found weightlifting, it was new, it was exciting and it doesn't mean it was okay for me to leave volleyball, but I, it was a natural time for me to leave. I was done playing for two years at a community college, and I had a couple opportunities to play at a four-year, but I just wasn't excited to play anymore. Unfortunately, I wasn't excited to be a part of the team aspect, Um, and I had found weightlifting, and it was new and exciting. So I don't know if it was, like, necessarily burnout, but um, I just was ready to try something new, and it was fun.
0: And, And I think when you talk about burnout, you talk about a competitive fire going out. And that's yeah. obviously wasn't the case with you. It just, it took something to new to kind of intrigue um, yeah. what you wanted to do a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's super interesting. Yeah. Steve, we can go on tangents. It all works I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as I was saying that, I was like, I, I didn't quit. I just, you know, I found a different passion and I just right. kind of followed it. Yeah.
0: Right. And there are only so many hours in every day. So yeah, once you find something, you got to roll with it. And I think that's yeah. great. Okay. Next question for you here. What are some of the life skills and lessons that you think young athletes can can build upon while they're participating in school sports, especially like middle school level?
1: Yeah, middle school, I think so many of the life skills that they can learn revolve around like commitment and dedication. Um, a lot of the life skills also revolve around like understanding of your teammate, like learning about each other and learning the importance of when you get to know the people around you more. It makes you want to work harder together. Um, Everybody is kind of just there for themselves at the beginning. Um, But once they kind of get to know each other a little bit more and have a little bit more of an understanding, I think that social aspect is super important for them because a lot of kids, at least at the middle school level, come in not really having any understanding of how sports work. Um, They don't really understand how to be coached. So a lot of what I do at the middle school level is uh, helping them learn how to make mistakes and how to be coached. And it's okay. You're not going to be successful every time. That's how it works. Um, So, sorry. Uh, you
0: know, I think the two things there from that one, just the idea of empathy, you know, that especially if you're a a naturally talented athlete and being empathetic and understanding that not everybody's in the same place right Mm -hmm. at the same age and that can change as we go through, but not everybody's in the same place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, and that idea of being coached, it's so different coming to the middle school level. And I think it's a, it's a trans transformation for the parents as well, because it's different, you know, yeah. it's, it's a school sport. It's starting to get not necessarily serious, but the way we do things is different. So it's a yeah. little bit of a change for them too. So you're really, you're kind of coaching parents and and coaching athletes at the same time. So it's, it's done right, it turns out great. And you help build other people's programs and and let them get rolling right away. But it is definitely an aspect of that. Yeah. All right. Um, So in your opinion, and you mentioned this a little bit about teams, um, what are the characteristics that make a great teammate?
1: I mean, I honestly have to go back to like that empathy aspect and understanding um, self-awareness to just... You got to know yourself well in order to like add to the team. Um, I go back to an experience in high school where we had like a mentorship program where the seniors were connected to two of the younger athletes within the program. Like so on the freshman team or junior varsity team. And we did a lot of team building things outside of um, practice and games. But we did a lot of community building get to know each other, things that seemed very natural and genuine. It wasn't super forced. Um, And I think that was something that made our program really, really successful was just everybody being on the same page, everybody getting to know each other. Um, That's one thing that sticks out. But as as a good teammate, gosh, you need to just – I could, I could probably just go on forever. There's so many different <laughs> Yeah. I guess did that yeah, really answer your question though.
0: Yes, it does. And you know, I think you make a good point that you could go on forever and that's part of the art of coaching. Of yeah. W- what it is about that team and what is it about that group of athletes that I need to focus on to make them yeah, be better teammates and make them a better team?
1: I mean, every athlete is coached differently, but as a good teammate, you know, you want to have good work ethic. You want to, be coachable you want to be on same. you want you just want to be on the same page
0: <laughs> right well <laughs> no, all those things they're, like, they're contagious you Yeah, know, they that that high level of work in a, in a room or on a court or on a field it's it's contagious because yeah. nobody wants to look like the one that's not pulling their weight or, or fulfilling their role so yeah the harder you get people to work the more contagious and then we you know just a couple, praise yeah, those a couple things.
1: Of my favorite characteristics i would say are like enthusiasm and positivity those two things I feel like can really carry a team. You know, when you come to practice, you know, life is monotonous, practice gets monotonous. So when you get those athletes in there that have like a good positive enthusiasm, it can really change the direction of a practice. So I think that's really important too.
0: And and I think in, in understanding as a coach that your attitude is contagious,
1: Absolutely. You know, coaches
0: are human beings and there's there's a day here and there where you walk out there and you're you're just not all there, right? You don't feel good or you're tired or uh, mentally you're just kind of done or it's been a tough day teaching yeah. and now you got to go do practice and just kind of, you can be a great example when you're, you're going to give an attitude that's going to catch on with the team, but you can show them and and role model for them that, yeah, we have bad days, but we still got a job to do. Yeah. So we got to come in. We owe it to each other to be here to do our job. Um, and I, I want to go back to what you said about the the activities within your the program that you were in with with kind of a mentorship. That's that's just great coaching, right? Yeah. A big part of coaching is building a culture. And the fact that you said it just felt really natural what we were doing. Well, yeah. that was the culture of that program that yeah. we're, we're all a family in this together. Whatever level you're playing at, you have a role to play. All those roles are respected. Yeah. And, and we're going to honor that by honoring each other. I think that's that's fantastic.
1: And that that's was where right? coaching's so was,
0: hard. What? That's the hard part of coaching is really building a culture and a program. That's where, yes. that's the difference between good programs and great programs is yes. how, what culture do you build and how does that support um, your athletes and your other coaches within your program?
1: And I think that can be tricky for junior colleges because you only get two years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why my experience compared to high school is so different. It was like so much quicker and we couldn't get to build that same kind of sense of community. So I think that's why it's important for kids to get into sports early on so they can like learn these skills that need to grow over the course of time. But
0: Right, yeah. Um, And I think that's something that we've experienced right now after coming out of COVID and starting from scratch. Everybody started from scratch when we came back. There wasn't anybody coming back. There, A lot of them were new coaches that were coming in, so it was like starting from scratch. And I think what we've done, thanks to coaches like you, um, and the track coaches that we have out there that we'll have out just in a couple weeks here coming in and building that because it could have gone totally sideways trying to rebuild and everybody's been super positive and the kids have been into it. And that's because of those coaches and the, and the programs being so supported. So, yeah, we've been, we've been really, really lucky in that way that people have jumped into coach. So all right, anything you want to add to that at all? This is your chance.
1: Gosh, I don't, I think one of the biggest things that I continue to think about that kind of not bums me out, but I wish a lot of the kids, especially the kids that I work with at a title one, they don't really get the opportunity to get into sports at a younger age. So by the time they get to high school, they might want to play and the opportunity might be there or even middle school, but they're just not quite at that same level or pace that other kids are that have had the opportunity to play more sports. And so that's just something I think about having like, why I want to try to get more opportunities, opportunities for kids to join athletics at a younger age, but it's just tough. It depends on family values. It depends on time and money and all those different things. Cause I just think sports for kids are one of the best things, especially with everybody struggling with mental health issues and, you know, Uh, just like anxiety and depression and, you know, all these kids are glued to their phones. I just wish every kid had the opportunity to be involved in athletics. I think it is so powerful. And I see so many kids go home after school to just go sit in their room and it just breaks my little heart. If I could give all of them an opportunity to have that opportunity. I just, I feel so lucky to have had athletics growing up. It helped me work harder in school. It helped me be a better person, and I just—if I could give that opportunity to everybody, I would. That could—that would be my superpower. Going back to the first question, <laughs>
0: yeah, I—I I couldn't agree with you more.
1: I—I
0: don't—I don't even know who to attribute this idea to, but it's a quote that I see from time to time. This idea that for some kids, practice is the best part of their day. Ugh. So, as a coach, how you can handle that, right? You, you're giving them the best part of their day, so you—you got to take it seriously. Absolutely. And. and I think that's what we're really trying to do and, and having people like you involved, being able to add some sports, like adding cross country during a pandemic, we got yeah. that done. And that's because people stepped up because they mm. knew you could see what kids needed. And that's where the hearts of those coaches are. They love yeah. kids and they want to do the best for them. So they stepped up and did it two seasons within what, four or five months. Cause we did spring yeah. and fall, but now I couldn't agree with you more. And that the more we can do and the more we can build and support, the better off that we will be. And the more that we have people like you involved. Um, and that's why I want to have you on. I want people to hear our mission. And I want them to hear the voices of the people that are carrying out that mission. So well, I really it. appreciate you coming on um, and giving us your feedback and your ideas. There's they're fantastic. And, um, and I'm happy that you're part of what we do. So thank, thank you, you for, for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: A big thank you to Cecily Vasquez for joining us on this episode. Our track and field season has begun. Check with your school on details and how you can participate. This one's shout-out goes to Casa wrestling coach, Rene Delgado. Thank you for making our district championships for middle school wrestling a huge success. Congratulations to the Pasture Tigers. The Tigers are 2022-23 district champions in wrestling. Carnegie was our second-place team, and Sylvan rounded out the top three. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast service and follow us on Instagram at the Positive Sports Report. Until next time, let's keep our sports positive.